This is episode 128 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today, you're in for a treat. You're going to listen in on a question that came in from a listener about helping your child know the difference between negotiating with you and manipulating. This recording was done on video. You can see that video on my YouTube at Share the Focused Mindset. I'm going to be trying to do that more often. I'm comfortable with audio, but I got to get more comfortable with video as well, people. I'll pop right up when you type in my name, C-H-E-R, and then The Focused Mindset. Now, if you haven't got your question in that you have for me, don't hesitate. I have a couple of more left in the queue, but you can hop over to the website, thefocusedmindset.com, or check it out in the show notes. And thank you so much for the feedback that I've gotten over email after I sent out my recent blog about hope to my email community. You guys are so cool, and I appreciate you. And if you are not on my email list yet, I don't send out weird stuff. You're going to love it. So hop over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, and get on that. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we planned. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hi, Cheryl. My name's Jen. I was just hoping you can answer a question I have about how to help children be honest, but yet allow them some negotiating and not have it turn into manipulation. Anything that you could share would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Jen, for that question. And it's something that comes up often when we're talking to kids. Negotiation, you might read in many different blogs and many different places that you should not let them negotiate with you. But is that really realistic in the world that we live in today? Especially when negotiation is also a tactic. A no negotiation is something that is very useful in many jobs and in many situations. It's kind of uh, giving a mixed message when maybe your child goes with you and they see you negotiate a price when you're buying something or they see you negotiate a better a better spot in the restaurant. I don't want to sit at that table. How about if I sit at that table? Or they watch you with your significant other negotiating what you guys are going to be doing in a healthy way. And for a child, they think, well, that's the way to go. I want to get what I want. I want to get what I want as much as possible. So I'm going to negotiate my way there. The problem is, is as they fine tune that skill, they're teetering on manipulating, lying, uh, exaggerating the truth straight up, just uh, being sneaky. And of course, you want to avoid that with your child. You don't want them to be that kind of person that follows, flies in the face of all of the values that you're instilling within them. So here comes the dilemma. What can we do? I know with this parent, I had a discussion. I talked to her and we came up with some solutions. 
But the problem was interesting because she had a, uh, I believe he's either a kindergarten or first grader. And she had noticed that he will negotiate, you know, if there's some candy and he doesn't want the candy that's out there, but he wants another candy, he's going to try and figure out a way for him to get the candy that he wants or an extra cookie or all of these type of things that we know that our kids do. And, um, and this, and mom was like, okay, you know what? Sometimes he's pretty, he's pretty savvy and he makes good points. But on one particular day that he used the skill for the bad, for the evil side, what happened was he wanted more, I think it was oranges at, on his lunch, on the lunch tray. And he had figured out how he can go and get more on his tray, more food on his tray without being detected, say, and it had all worked out for him. I don't know if this is exactly the situation, but it's as I recall that he was getting more from the lunch lady. It was a little bit manipulative. His answer was, you know, I was figuring out how to get more. He wasn't really fully connecting why the lunch lady was completely upset and felt like he was being dishonest, did not allow him to have the food, and he ended up getting in trouble. Now, there might have been a lot of different ways to handle that situation, but in this case, he got in trouble. And now his mother was faced with, what am I going to do about this? He was being manipulative. He was being sneaky. I don't want him to be that way with me or at school, but I see a loophole. The loophole is, is that negotiation is not always wrong. So we're going to talk about that right now. What in the world can you do to make sure that you don't send the wrong message to your child? I have found it very helpful, it, with, even with very young children, to be very honest with the difference between these two. Have you ever sat down and had a discussion with your child on what the difference is between negotiating and manipulating? If you haven't, and you've noticed that your child is one that is always seems to be negotiating up, then it's time to have that discussion. We're going to talk about some ways that you can do that. But even before that, is your child clear with your, your rules of the home? Because to be honest, if a negotiation flies in the face and completely disregards a rule that is already established, that's already set, then negotiation is not appropriate. This is something that a child needs to be taught. And around kindergarten, first grade is the time that they usually learn this because usually when they're in their home, they... Automatic negotiations might be happening. A parent might not actually realize that a child is also sort of manipulating. But once they go to school and once they have a clear set of rules and guidelines, that's usually when it's noticed. Also, age-appropriate wise, age-wise, a child about that age begins to be a little more savvy with what they want to do, especially if they have younger brothers or sisters. Oh, yeah, they're going to be like, all right, I got this all figured out. Remember, a child wants to feel that power in their life. They want to feel that they're in control. That's a human thing. It's not because there's a problem with the child. A child is going to want that. So they are going to go after the highest uh, thing that they can possibly get. It's human nature. So establishing very clear 
age-appropriate rules in a family is a great way to be able to set a boundary between if we're negotiating right now or if we're manipulating and trying to work the system here. If they don't even know for sure what the system is, then it's going to have a very gray, uh, a gray area right there. We don't want any gray areas. It just makes things complicated. It also makes parents get so frustrated because they feel, oh, they should know that. They should know this. But the truth is they don't just know things. And even if they've been taught once or twice, they need to be reminded. So when you establish rules, um, we're going to talk about that for a minute because uh, it has been proven that when kids have some skin in something, they're far more likely to take ownership of it and they're far more likely to follow rules. So when you're making family rules, like I said, keep them simple, keep them age appropriate, but also brainstorm with your child. Say we have a goal for our family of having peace. What's a rule that we could come up with that would help us establish peace, that would help us have more peace in our family, that would help when you guys are feeling like you are in the middle of a fight or peace is not happening? This is just an example. It could be anything. We, have, we want to have an honest family. Let's talk about what a rule would be. When your child gives you feedback and says, well, a rule might be that, you know, uh, whatever it might be, then you guys can discuss it and talk about it. It might just be as simple as we have rules about how we want to keep our house, how you want to leave your room before you leave it to make sure that each and every person takes part in keeping our house clean and keeping our house orderly. What are some rules around that? Oh my gosh, I will tell you that is a tough one for me because many times I'm just like, eh, it's much easier if I just do it myself. I fall into the, eh, it's much easier because I want peace. So I'll take peace into my own, own hands and I'll just pick that up real quick. Or it's not bothering me. I'll just leave it there and talk to him about it later. That has now and then come back to bite me as a parent. I want you to avoid that, but I realize it happens. If it happens, try and catch it early and try and decide hey, what can I do? Especially if this is something that's causing you a whole bunch of unrest and unhappiness in your house. What can I establish as a rule, as a boundary that will help? You have to go through the things that are most important. I've had some families, uh, I had a particular family I'm thinking of that I was coaching. And we talked about having family values and having values written on, the, uh, on a whiteboard or somewhere in the family so everyone can see and everyone can be on the same page as they walk through their day. Kind of like uh, something that each, uh, the, the, what I asked is that each kid would come up with what's important to them and they'd have a family value wrapped around that. Well, when they came back the next time for coaching, they were like, all of the stuff that we came up with, all of our rules, all of our boundaries, they won't fit on a whiteboard. And I looked and they had written so small, all of these things. They had detailed outline of how they expected the household to run. Way too confusing. You need to step way back, have the most important things that are the most important in your family and focus on those things. Now, once you have those three main rules that you always want to follow in your family, we will be an honest family. 
you can talk about, hey, what are going to be the consequences if we're not an honest family? And then you shape the expectations. You shape what they know is going to happen. So if a child is trying to negotiate one of those preset and predetermined rules, you just go right back to that. You say, oh, remember, those things are non-negotiable. And then you stick to it. You have to be really, really uh, firm on that. And when kids are trying to manipulate, they'll do a really good job of trying to make you feel like that's a rule that you should bend. Oh, please, I know that you said that we had to be back by a certain time, but all the kids are staying and nobody is going home. I'll be the only one. I will be, uh, I'll lose my friends. My friend will stop talking to me. Oh, it's so dramatic. It's such a big thing. But really, they're finding your small little things that go, oh, okay, we'll just do it. Well, then you have basically, you haven't held true to your own family values. So you've all got to do a very good job of keeping those few rules and making them be something where it's like, yes, I get that you might have a circumstance from this. You might have uh, things that happen socially with your social life, but we've already decided that this is a rule. Now, that being said, there are times when things come up in a child's life that are very, very important to them. Please take notice of that. Please pause and look at the situation. But if you are going to make one of the rare situations that you're going to adjust a rule for one circumstance, make it very clear that that's what you're doing. Make sure they know that you are going to make a provision and this is how it's going to work and these are the parameters. You decide that. Okay, so you have your rules. Rules are not negotiated. They are not in that category that we're talking about. So how can you decide, okay, how can you teach your child? You have this little first grader. How can you say negotiating can be good, but nope, it's not good here. What you do is, like I said earlier, we're going to talk about the difference between negotiating and manipulating. We're going to use this as a training moment. You can even in the car play a game. Oh, is that manipulating or is that negotiating? There are some guidelines that I want to go through with you that will help you with your child when you're trying to basically decipher which one is negotiating and which one is manipulating. All right. So if... A, your child or anybody is manipulating. Number one, you are going to feel bad about it, like you're being sneaky. You talk to them, say, if you feel like you have to sneak and you have to twist the, the truth a little bit, then chances are you're manipulating, not negotiating. The second thing is, if, oh, actually, I'm going to find where I wrote this down. The second thing is, if your goal is to take advantage of a situation, you already know the situation, but you want more. You want to take advantage. If you're taking advantage of a situation that was already preset, someone's niceness, someone's ability to take you and you ask them to take you further, if this happens, that's a manipulation, not a negotiation. Um, what about if you're exaggerating, if you're often exaggerating the truth in order to get what you want, you're often 
you know, the drama that I said or straight up lying, exaggerating what happened, that is in the category of manipulation. And the next thing is if both people don't come out of this negotiation feeling like they were heard, if one person just was, come on, please, 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 and another person was like, fine, just do it. If a situation like that ever happens, that was manipulating. That wasn't negotiating. All right. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to these and mark them down each and every one for you because I just kind of was rambling on and on about it. But basically, if a child is in a space where they are obviously trying to break the rules, you're going to say, ah, that's actually not even on the table. Right. But if they're entering into something, you can say, you know what? This is something that feels like you're trying. Are you trying to be sneaky about this? Do you have something sneaky on your mind? Do you want to take advantage of the fact that I'm already taking you in someplace, but you're trying to get me to take you more places? That's taking advantage. So that's not negotiating. Um, are you doing something that's dishonest? See, these are the things you can outline early on so they understand exactly what manipulation is. Now, what are the things that happen if you have a negotiation, a healthy negotiation? Sometimes it doesn't always feel great because you guys are giving and taking. It's not necessarily a win-win situation, but you can say, especially to a child, it's a win-win situation. But in reality, a negotiation isn't exactly a win-win because people are giving up something and they're also getting something. So each person should also, they're going to might need to give up a little something too. It's not just like, oh, you have to feel all good about it. And I have to feel all good about it because then a kid can simply manipulate that and be like, wait, I don't feel good about that. A negotiation means, you know what? You gave up some of what you actually had hoped for. And so did I. And we came up with something where we both feel like it's appropriate. We feel right about it. We agree. There's an agreement that comes. When that agreement comes, boom, you've made a negotiation. Another thing is, is uh, if you, um, if, if it's an idea, if you guys both had input, if the ideas came from both people and both people feel heard. So that is a skill of negotiating. You can say, if you're going to learn to negotiate, you also need to be a listener because you really need to listen to what's important to me. If you're going to be negotiating, you need to make sure that not only I hear you, but that you hear me. Now we're negotiating. All right. Now it's an open discussion. It's not sneaky. There's nothing, there's nothing on the back burner. You want to say, you know, when you're negotiating, you can bring up the things that are important to you and ask what's important to me. That's negotiation. See, so you're learning, you're training your child how to negotiate properly. So when they watch you go into a restaurant or a place or they see you in a discussion or maybe you're a salesperson and they see you um, working to get a sale and you're bringing up all the positive things that that person wants and they're like, dang, look at the way my parent gets what they want say, well, it is important to be able to have the skill of negotiating, to level up 
a situation that you have to be able to get the best deal that you can, the best situation for your, uh, for you. But negotiators are doing it for a purpose, for a reason of saying, okay, what does this person want? And what do I need? And how can I work out an outcome that will work for both of us? And then you feel good about it. Uh, a proper negotiation, any salesperson will tell you, both people walk away feeling pretty good. If you've ever been hard and sold, um, this, this happens at times when we go to Mexico. I think there's a lot of people in Mexico that uh, have a degree by the age of eight of sales. And they have a lot of skills. And if you, you know, you can, you can admire it and be like, hey, you know what? The kids got skills. But at times, if you walk away and you've said yes, but you really wanted to say no, it feels icky. It feels awful. It feels like you've been manipulated. There's the difference. Somebody might say, well, I was just an excellent salesperson because I got my way. But no. It's not all about getting your way. So you are going to even write this down on a whiteboard saying, what's the difference between manipulating and, and uh, when we're negotiating? All right. So you can see that you'll be able to stop your child right where they're at and say, well, hold on right there. We are going to figure out, is this a, a debate? I mean, is this... Um, where you want to negotiate, or is this a manipulation? I'm going to take it a step further. You can also give your child a chance to ask. You could say, you know what? You might sometimes want to negotiate something better. But what I want you to do is I want you to ask me if you're not sure. I want you to say, Mom, is it okay if I negotiate something better with you right now? I have some ideas. Is it okay if I negotiate with Mom and Dad? And you can say, oh, they just followed the exact guideline that I asked. And sometimes it's, yeah, let's talk about it. What else? Let's negotiate. And you enter into a negotiation on purpose. How powerful is that? Your child, then you could say at the end of that, that was a pretty good negotiation. Now, when you are going to allow negotiation for the right purpose of learning the skill, you also need your child to know that you're the parent at the end of the day and that whether your answer is yes or whether your answer remains the same, they need to agree to be okay with that. I have said that to my daughter. I've said, well, let's talk about this, but you have to understand that my answer might still remain no. She doesn't like that, but it's the truth. So you need to be able to have them go in with the expectation that you're still the parent and you have the right to actually trump that situation and say no. But many times you'll be so surprised at the things they come up with and you'll actually be okay with it. They might come up with a situation that's even better than that, than what you had thought of that works better for you. They might be like, well, you know, mom, I know that you need a little extra uh, time to shop. So if, you know, if you stay at Target a little longer, it will give me extra time. They, they get all creative and you could say, all right, kudos. Nice try. I like it. I think about um, Never Split the Difference. One of my favorite books that I think is a people skills book di disguised as a business book by Chris Voss. 
And um, if you guys want to get more information on proper negotiation and uh, ways to negotiate and take that to your child in a very age appropriate way, you may get a learning lesson at that point. Now, uh, I'm wondering as well if sometimes we do forget that there's so many lifetime lessons that are disguised in our kids getting in trouble and our kids being caught doing things that they shouldn't have done. I'm thinking that maybe Jen's son, this was one of the first times that he had actually been caught doing something a little sneaky, all right? It might be embarrassing. It might be ugh, even alarming because you're like, is this something my child is gonna start doing all the time? These emotions might begin to run through you as a parent when your child is caught doing something. Before you overreact, try and wait and make it a learning moment like we're talking about right now. Give them a chance to learn that skill. Now, if it's repetitive over and over again that they're breaking rules that they know that they're not supposed to, that calls for a different discussion. But when they're caught, and this is a fairly new situation. Say, ah, oh, looks like you were caught. You probably have done this before and not get caught, but you're caught today. So we need to talk about this. What should have you done? How do you think this would have gone differently? What would have been different if you made that choice instead? Let them figure that out. Let them tell you because again, they might surprise you with what they already know. A child wants the best for them. And partly the best for them is you not being mad. So they're going to want to hide things. They're going to want to figure out a way to, oh, mom's going to be so mad at me. Dad's going to be uh, so upset. They try and be sneaky. When they do that, you can understand the reason why they did that. Be very curious as to, I wonder what's going on within this little mind to make them react in this type of way that seems manipulative and just plain wrong. And allow yourself to be curious because the truth is, is when we are truly curious about what's going on with our child, it's near impossible for us to be so angry that we overreact. Step back and choose curiosity. When you choose that, you'll look for some answers, some better answers. Does that mean that we're not going to sometimes overreact? You are going to sometimes overreact. You are going to sometimes have, uh, what is it? The, oh gosh, I'm not going to say this word right. The amygdala, the amygdala. Yeah. When it gets hijacked, right? The amygdala is the tiny little part in your brain. What? It's no bit bigger than I think an almond. And it is like the control center for your emotions. What science has found is that that little control center is actually 75% negative. It looks for things that could go wrong. It lives in a place of that fearful state of things that could go wrong, things that could go wrong. So, I mean, you're not a negative parent if you have fears and worries and that you sometimes get that amygdala hijacked and you just freak out and you lose it. That just means you're human. You're talking 75%. How can you tap into that 25% is what you're trying to do. That should be celebrated when you do. And you can do it more often by effectively 
on purpose, changing your mindset regularly, like we talk about on the focused mindset, right? We do that for a reason because it's easy to fall into the negative. It's easy to lose it and go, I cannot believe you did this and you did it three times yesterday and ah, and it's going to happen. So don't look at yourself as having such a problem when it happens, rather than that, recognize it. Rather than that, recognize, ah, I just lost it right there. I am going to calm down. I am going to circle back and talk about this. And we are going to figure out how we can get back to the baseline of what needs to happen in our family, the standards, the values, the rules, get back to that. Get back to that as soon as you can, as soon as you recognize that this is happening. See, it all happens with curiosity though, right? Be curious about what's going on within you as a parent and what's going on with your child in order to give yourself the best chance to pause before you react. That 75% is creeping up, but I'll tell you what, the 25% is right there, ready to jump in. Tap me in. I'm ready. I could do this. That's when you got to say, I've got to choose that 25%. I've got to choose to be curious about this and look into it. I want to gather all the information with curiosity, without judgment. Then I want to make a plan for what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to execute it forward, straight, and exactly what I need to be doing. That is the GPS system that I talk about, the GPS solution-focused system that you can actually practice in your mind to have a solution-focused mindset. All right, you say, oh, I'm going to wait and gather the information, curiosity. I'm then going to make a plan of what needs to happen based on the values, based on the rules, based on all the facts. And then I'm going to execute that. I'm going to soar forward. That's what S stands for, soar. G stands for gather. P stands for plan. S stands for soar. I remind you of that because that's a simple acronym. GPS, you know how easy it is to use the GPS on our phone these days. How about we use a GPS system to navigate our life? You can find my journals about this. That uh, I have two journals out and another one to come on hope and another one to come on focus that you can get on Amazon. Soon it will be on my website, thefocusedmindset.com as well. You can hop on that um, Amazon and just look up my name, Cher Kretz, and you'll see that I'm the author of these journals. The journals are helping you be the author of your life, but on each and every page, it reminds you, gather the information, make a plan, and then soar into action. This is something that you can make a habit in your life. What a difference does it make when you can do that in the moment with your child? Is it always going to happen when ugh, the frustration strikes? No, but it can happen more often. And then it will happen more often until that 25% is stepping up to the plate and working for you. They're regulating your emotions in a completely different type of way. Our emotions are a crazy thing. It's so easy for us just to be like, oh, everyone's just so emotional. But we are. Even with those people that hardly show any emotions, there's a lot going on inside their head. So it's important that we talk about these subjects openly, frankly, because if not, we're going to get really emotional when it happens. If 
you are a parent that for some reason you just haven't noticed your child trying to manipulate a situation to get something better, I'm guessing that means your child is still in the womb. <laughs> but uh, if you're saying, hmm, I haven't really quite noticed that, don't worry, you will. Because our human nature is to be able to get a little bit more. Let's ne negotiate a little more. How about we allow our child to use negotiation skills for the good and open up and be honest when this was a negotiation that I made and this is why I did it. So when they see you do it, they don't mistake manipulation with negotiation. You can even make a list of the jobs that benefit from good negotiation. Uh, maybe if you're going to be a police officer, if you're going to be a salesperson, like we mentioned, there's probably so many, there's therapists, there's people that work with other people and negotiation, negotiating deals is going to be part of what they do. Well, that's a great learning moment for your child to, again, understand the difference. So I hope that you guys have an opportunity to jump over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, and learn about everything that I have about solution-focused coaching. I'm coaching parents to be able to have a mindset that's, uh, that feels calm and productive. I coach kids, teenagers. Um, I even have some clients that are coming at me just to get some support for some, all these different issues that are happening not family related at all. Why? Because this is a human issue. Having the right mindset is something that we all secretly want to have a calm and happy mindset. And maybe we just haven't stood up and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work on having a better mindset. If you'd like to do that, please hop over to my website and check it out. I'd also love to be able to have um, a talk with you. I do book discovery calls once in a while. And uh, that link is on my website as well. And whatever it is that you guys want to do, do it with a calm attitude. Do it with a heart that has curiosity. I know you got this. It's not always easy, but make it fun. Make it amazing. And join me here next time. So glad you could join me today to talk about negotiation with your kids. I want to say a very special thanks to Jen for sending in that wonderful question. There's so much more we could dive into about that. If this resonates with you and you'd like to dive deeper, feel free to email me at share at thefocusedmindset.com. You can leave me your question right there. You can also look at the link in the show notes because I will be able to record your message exactly the same way that Jen recorded hers right on my website. You go to thefocusedmindset.com under contact me and right there, leave me a message. I want to hear your voice. You always hear mine all the time. How about I hear yours? And I give you full permission to share this message with anyone else that might have this very same question. So as we're on our way, um, I am just, I love each and every one of these moments with you. I'm going to use the video part of this portion to put on my YouTube, which is share the focused mindset. I am committed to putting my YouTube, my, uh, my broadcasts out there because so many people are like, oh, let me watch your podcast. And I'm like, uh, 
Oh, I don't do enough of mine that you can watch. I usually do them so you can listen like you are right now. So that's going to happen a lot more frequently. I am going to be so happy to have your support to jump over there. Growing a YouTube is something that many people make it their full-time job. I don't have that luxury. So I'd love for you to hop over to share the focused mindset and subscribe to the channel. All right. So it's time for me to get going. Make today amazing. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.